Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Paranormal Stakeout. I'm Larry Lawson, your host, coming to you from the X-Zone Radio and Television Broadcast Network, headquartered in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And as always, I'm speaking to you from the Southern Command Post of the X-Zone Nation, down here in beautiful Vero Beach and Felsmere, Florida. Uh, and it's a real treat to be back with everyone tonight. It's been a long week for me. Uh, but it's great being back with all of you to discuss our passion, our desire and need to know what really does exist on the other side. And uh, tonight to uh, help us 
on our continuing journey is a gentleman named Kevin Costa, the founder of PSIinvestigators.org. Kevin's been involved in the paranormal field for over 39 years. He has a master's degree in humanistic psychology and a minor in parapsychology from West Georgia University. He owns his, owes his interest and dedication to the field to his mentor, Dr. William Roll. Previously, he is a board member of Paranexus, a member of the South Florida chapter of the Spirit Team, and a scientific researcher at the Rhine Institute at Duke University. He currently is the founder of PSIinvestigators.org and a scientific researcher with a paranormal experimental group known as Truth Seekers. Kevin Costa, welcome to Paranormal State. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, hi, everybody. Uh, glad to have you on. Uh, interesting Thank background, Ma- master's degree in humanistic psychology in a, from West Georgia University. Uh, so you've you've been at this for a while, it looks like. Uh, your your degree in what do you, what do you do for a living? Would I say your grown up job? Would I? <laughs> My grown up job. During the day, basically, I've been for oh, I would say thirty nine years. Um, everything from a middle school teacher, which I still apparently are at this point in time. I have about five more years till I retire. But I've been assistant principal of a private school, ran that for six years, um, and just love the education field. Um, so I've been in, in the field for quite some time uh, before I got into, of course, parapsychology. But that's been kind of a side thing that I've been doing for over 39 years, which now I can get more involved into it, and that's what I'd like to do with this uh, organization that I belong to now that I founded. Uh, well, you know, educators, my group was founded by law enforcement officers and educators. I guess we're always searching for those answers. How did you, how did you end up with an interest in the, the paranormal field? Where did that begin for you? Well, it actually began, uh, Larry, a long time ago, um, right before actually I got my first education job in the middle school. Um, I know that there are um, theories and so forth that a lot of psychic activity happens when there is a, some type of drama to the body, to the physical brain or something like that, in which for me, unfortunately, it was, of all times, just very short before my first job as teaching. And unfortunately, I was mugged, and basically my apartment was broken into. I was mugged and uh, a little bit of a concussion on the skull, uh, fractured. And from that moment on, I was getting severe headaches, Mm -hmm. unbelievable headaches. And a good friend of mine who happened to be, of all things, a clairvoyant, um, basically taught me how to meditate, in which I did, um, to get rid of the pain because it was just so severe. Uh, they gave me certain forms of drugs, nothing would help, so I thought of going into the whole uh, holistic um, idea of doing that. And she helped me into meditate, and that's where I started getting some very strange occurrences and things of that nature of psychic, um, you know, origin and so forth. So that's where I really started getting into the field. Um, but I was always very skeptical about this. Um, you know, it was more of the interest of the psychic, whether or not it was coming from me or whether I was picking something up from somewhere else, which, I, again, is I'm, I know it's what you and I both are looking into. You know, is there actually life after death? Does the consciousness continue and so forth? 
or so how that's much where it really got started. And then from there, I went into basically looking into uh, educational programs to investigate more of it on a scientific level. And uh, that's where I got uh, into West Georgia University. And I met Bill Roll, and I met uh, Raymond Moody, which I'm sure, you know, people out there have heard of him also. And uh, I worked with them a little bit during the summer. I would teach during the school year, and then I'd go up there and stay there basically for a couple of months and work with them, getting my degree in humanistic psychology and parapsychology. So I learned all about Jungian psychology and all these different things about transpersonal psychology and so forth. So you, you really came, came at this from, from a, a scholastic, an educational aspect. Uh, that, that, that's fairly rare in our field, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so, because most unfortunately of your so-called paranormal investigators today are basically there for the adventure, for the excitement, which I, I guess is okay, but they're not really there looking at um, more from any um, philosophical viewpoint, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. I like to really investigate more of th- there's more to this and where is the truth behind this. Well, you mentioned you were a skeptic. And to a degree, I still am, believe it or not. Uh, I'm, I'm learning more and more um, whether or not I, I think even the experiences that I have, I think from a scientific viewpoint, we all have to have a healthy skepticism. We always have to question, is this real? Is there more going on here? Is there a rational explanation? Because when you get rid of all of that, what is left then is possibly an anomaly. Now, what is that anomaly? That's where we have to continue going more into it to find out what is really behind us. What is it? Is it from outside um, our experiences, or is it from our inner consciousness that could be actually doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, the human side, the human nature side of it, the human consciousness that actually could be contributing to some of these experiences that we're having, whether it be a paranormal uh, investigation or a psychic experience or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, and you're familiar with some of the experiments done up in Canada, I believe, uh, back in the 70s along those lines. So they were actually uh, working towards find, finding out if our own mind can, created some of this evidence. Exactly. And in fact, that's part of, part of my belief for a long time, and I'm still questioning that. Um, and I know that that's one of the things that uh, you mentioned, that I belong to uh, an experimental group that we just started. I'm actually not the leader of it, but individuals in it are part of my uh, PSI organization. And we decided let's continue on and doing something more a little experimental. And I became kind of the scientist part of it. We have a clairvoyant involved, an intuitive involved, an investigator involved, and I'm more of the healthy skeptics, so to speak, who mm-hmm. are, who are, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not debunking anything because I really do believe there is something going on. But through them, I'm really experiencing quite a bit, but I'm trying to see whether or not, um, you know, getting rid of all the rational explanations for some of these experiments and the results that we have, mm-hmm. I'm trying to see, you know, is there some form of anomaly that can be explained? Is it within the human consciousness that's affecting some of these strange occurrences that we are having? 
mm-hmm. uh, which again I could go into a whole other show with that, <laughs> all the different <laughs> well, experiences. And, and I and I want to talk in more detail about your teams mm-hmm. in just a minute, but sure. what I uh, what I want to chat about before our first break is what do you what is a ghost? What do you think this phenomenon is? Do you have a a personal opinion? Well, again, there's a lot of different types of ghosts, so to speak. Um, you have your residual, which right. truthfully, I believe, scientifically even, that can be proven. Energy, of course, as we well know, can't be destroyed. When it's there, it's there. So I think this energy is basically like a thumbprint on the past or present that has been you know, dramatized. It could be happy, it could be sad. It could be whatever emotional from the human consciousness and energy that's leaving that mark. And some people are just have more of that intuitive nature to pick that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all have it. It's just that some are a little bit more tuned in, like a frequency or a vibration of that. So to me, that's an explanation of a residual ghost, which I think is like 90% of so, most of so the investigations. Is it so much a ghost, or is it just an imprint? Which would be, I mean, I think it, it's more of an imprint, like a fingerprint okay. of an emotion of an energy. Mm-hmm. from what people have left behind. Uh, poltergeist um, activities, another type of similar ghost. Um, again, one of my mentors was Dr. William Roll, who passed away a little while ago, a couple of years ago. He was 84. And uh, he was one of the very first researchers of the poltergeist in a scientific manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing a lot of his papers and so forth, working with him, um, most of it was due to adolescence, um, psychokinetic activity, mm-hmm. and so forth, you know, adolescence. Um, so for poltergeist activity, I think there's more of an explanation there. It's still paranormal, but it's more of a psychic nature rather than actual spiritual nature. Now we get to the one that, that's the one that I'm investigating, and I question myself over, and that's the intelligent hauntings. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I think I have the most trouble right now from a scientific viewpoint to a spiritual viewpoint. And mm-hmm. that's the one I'm, I'm investigating, I think, the most right now. The others I can explain, but what, what is behind an intelligent haunting? Is it that we are reaching the other side, or is it that it's coming from us in a psychic manner? Are we projecting this? As you said, the research in Canada – There's been Mm -hmm. other research also all over um, in investigating this. And that's what I'd like to see more of. You know, is it is there a connection between our own psyche that's causing us? Is there a human consciousness um, behind it that that energy is basically making this happen because we're willing it to? Or are we... It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, 
international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. And we are back on Paranormal Stakeout with my guest tonight, Kevin Costa from PS. SciInvestigators.org. Um, Kevin, just before the break, we, we were talking about that very, uh, very heavy uh, question about do ghosts exist? And I want to get back to that just a second because uh, you, you hit on some really important topics with me, and that is how much of this is the other side, how much of it is ourselves, and is that a possibility? Um, your opinion Going back okay, to my, my perspective, yeah. do, do ghosts mm-hmm. exist? Do, does well, the other side exist? That, again, is the, 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 as you said, it's the greatest question in the world. Does the other side exist? I think, truthfully, that's what we're all looking for. We're all looking for that hope that there's more out there than just the pure existence that we have, that when you are in passing or your loved ones, that there is a way of reaching them. Um, I have had so many experiences in the past that, again, I could tell you a whole other show about, as well as just recently through our experimentation. And in all fairness, I'm starting to ease more toward the spiritual side to a degree with a scientific kind of like look at it or proof of it, which I think is what we need to do. We need to look more into the possibilities that, yes, ghosts do exist, or the spiritual, the, the spiritual side of whether it be a dimension, whether it be um, an alter consciousness, a collective consciousness. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking more at that from a scientific aspect, that there's mm-hmm. got to be more something there that we are tapping into. Well, and I agree with you, but... Why haven't we gotten there yet? I mean, that, that's, we're, we're using basically the same techniques, the mm-hmm. same equipment, a little fancier maybe, but the same techniques and equipment we've been using for 20 years. How, how, are, we, how are we going to uh, go forward? How are we going to uh, create the, uh, the experiments or the equipment to do it more scientifically? Well, that's just it. I think that a lot of the scientific equipment is just to basically measure, possibly, and maybe that's, I, I, I think the answer is through our, our 
in our psyches. I really think that the human part of us, the consciousness part of us, that's where we're going to finally attach and find the answers. And that's why I think the paranormal um, parapsychology and so forth has somewhat failed um, at Rhine Institute when I was there. It was all about measurement. It was all about statistics. It was finding the proof 100%. What you're talking about the human psyche, you can't. I mean, there's so many different things that are involved in human behavior, personality, environment, influences. So when we're looking at um, how are we ever going to prove this or how are we ever going to find out, as you said, we've been doing this for so long. I think we've been doing it kind of like we, we need a marriage of the two, the science and the psychic. We need kind of more of a marriage between those, and that's my belief. And I think that more investigators need to develop their psyche a little bit more. And maybe there will be that connection. Okay. You, you brought up an, a, an interesting comment earlier that mm -hmm. I don't know that I don't know that people really uh, differentiate much between. You said the spiritual versus the psychic. I think a lot of people connect the two. Okay. What are you seeing are the differences there? G give me your explanation there because it kind of fits into what you were just saying. Well, I think... Um... I mean, without getting more into religion, but I mean, of course, you have your more spiritualistic view of it, of um, God-like, uh, you know, heaven and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then there's the scientific viewpoint of, or not even the scientific viewpoint, but I guess it's more my viewpoint, whether it be paranormal or not, uh, parapsychology or not. I think they're all even scientists with quantum quantum theory and string theory, I think they're going more into the view that there is something more out there. And mm -hmm. I think when that scientific connection gets with more of the spiritual connection, I think there's going to be a marriage. There's going to be more of an equal explanation, whether it be mm -hmm. another dimension, an alter consciousness, which will match with the spiritual view of there's a heaven, there's a godlike universe dimension out there. And mm -hmm. I think that's where the connection is going to be. And from all the experiments I have done and what I have read and done studies on and done research on, there seems to be that connection between the human psychic and consciousness mm -hmm. and that other step that we were talking about, whether it be heaven, spiritual, another dimension, a collective consciousness. And that's my view. I'm getting more that what is a ghost. I think what the intelligent ghost which I think is the one that I would like to basically delve more into. Um, that intelligent one, that's where I think, truthfully, um, we are getting more into that collective consciousness. Okay. So, so what you're saying is that the, a lot of mediums talk about the, the spiritual world and, the spirit, and spirit guides. That's the same thing, all being connected into one and, and you think that's where we're heading is do i have that right i i, I think that is yes okay all right well then, then i got to go back to the initial question okay. of how the heck do we get and it's a rhetorical question kev i know yes, you don't I have know. the answer but how the heck do we get there because um um we've got teams out there and you mentioned them earlier and there's nothing wrong with folks that are i mean folks go out for the for the adrenaline right. rush the bump in the night but that, let's that's face all. it, Larry, you and I both have had that same feeling, too. Oh, I mean, it's just human kidding? nature. 
Are sure. you kidding me? I, my, my adrenaline still gets pumped up when a door slams or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm certainly not um, uh, de- denying that nor, nor saying that's not important. <laughs> but but there's got, as you said, there's got to be more. And that's where I'm trying to go. And I'm trying to, to kind of um, carry the flag, if you will. We've got to, if we're going to do something, let's not just make it a fun thing. Let's get out there and find out what the answers are. And your teams... Um, your teams seem to do that. Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about your teams, their philosophies. Uh, which was the first group you were involved with? Uh, the first one that I was, and I was a board member on, was the Paranexus organization, which unfortunately is no more due to financial situations. But uh, it was a nonprofit organization. It was an international. We had people all the way from Australia to India who were members of this, who were in the field. Some of them were parapsychologists. Some of them had EVP laboratories. So we had all these contacts all over the world. Some were from London. They were doing research on ley lines. Um, You know, all these different, basically, professionals who were, had a very high educational background. And we were trying to find out what you and I are both trying to find out. What is the answer? What's the truth out there? Um, and that's one group that I belonged to for several, several years was the Paranexus. We even came up with a set of rules because we saw that all these paranormal investigators and ghosts this and ghosts that were popping up all over, of course, with the reality shows that were very big and started, of course, in the 1990s on TV. And we saw that there needed to be some form of a guideline, some form of professionalism. So we set up a code of ethics. Um, I don't know if that still exists anymore, but it took months for us to do that, where there actually was a strict guide of some form of rating, something that everybody would have uh, the same methodology Mm -hmm. to prove that, you know, there is either there isn't a rational explanation or there is, and then a level of what is an anomaly. Is it a level one? Is it a level two? And so forth. And what are the characteristics of these things? So that's basically the first group that I belong to. Um, at the same time, I was a very local little group, and I hate to say it, but the spirit team, it was more of your ghost hunting, adrenaline, fun type of thing, mm-hmm. um, which I got more involved. I kind of left that more and became more into the paranexus because that was more my interest. That was more my background. Mm-hmm. It was more of the uh, educational, scientific background. Okay. Well, I, I want to go back for just a quick mm-hmm. second. You had mentioned uh, forming standards and, and structure within a group. Mm-hmm. How was this taken with other groups in your area? Did you share this with anyone? Did you, did you uh, try to bring in other organizations to be part of that? How did that work? That's what we try to do, actually. We try to find some form of standards which we tried to reach out to other groups. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, at that time, hopefully it's not like that. If it is, we need to do more of this, is not only to be acting more of a professional manner rather than just ghost hunting and fun. And I know, as we've both said, that's great. But if that's their purpose, then they have to be kind of on their own category as just stating that. It's a fun situation. That's what they do. But I would rather see certain groups be a little bit better organized. I know that UFOs and so forth, we have the MUFON, 
mm-hmm. uh, organization. I would love to see some form of whether it be an international or at least, you know, maybe I know that this is coming out of Canada, maybe Canadian and the United States having some form of organization of professionalism of these type of things. I know there are um, parapsychology associations and so forth, but they're just looking into the human psyche when it comes to uh, clairvoyance, uh, psychokinesis, telepathy, but not really asking the questions about on the other side. Is there life after death? Is there a consciousness that survives? I'd love to see some form, a little bit more formal organization, kind of connecting all of these groups that really have a substantial reason for what they're doing. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Plus, I'd like to hear hear also about this latest endeavor that you're involved with um, uh, when we get back after our break. So, folks, uh, I'm Larry Larry Lawson here on Paranormal Stakeout. My guest tonight, Kevin Costa. We're going to take a short break and be back with you shortly. Stay tuned. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.future... Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello. 
Bello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Of God, amen.com. You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. And we are back for round three of Paranormal Stakeout tonight. Thanks for staying with us, folks. My guest tonight, Kevin Costa of PSIinvestigators.org. Uh, Kev, we've talked about uh, some philosophies. We've talked about your your group, and, and I think you've uh, you've made uh, really a case also for the structure and standardization uh, a bit in our field, which is something I've been preaching about in this show for a good year and a half now. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm frustrated with is um, I I hear a lot of people want to do it, but we can't get folks together, and I can't help but think sometimes it's ego. Sometimes it's uh, raining into some people's uh, parade, so to speak, and maybe even delving into an area that they don't want us to because maybe they're not being as upfront as they should be, if that makes sense, in their groups. I think that's oh, okay. totally plausible. I think it's totally plausible. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that, unfortunately, that's where, as Paranexus, we kind of failed a little bit trying to get and reach out to groups. A lot of them would not really let reply back. Those that did wound up just because we were an international organization, wanted their name in there basically so that they could advertise their organizations and not really becoming more of a professional um, situation in which they were questioning the truth and trying to find out, but more of, as you said before, kind of like a ghost adrenaline, let's have fun kind of like organization to attract attention primarily. In other words, if they were attached to more of a so-called educational, professional, um, you know, organization or situation, that that would basically bring them more people coming into them. And that's really not what we were looking for. You know, we really wanted a little bit more this professional feeling of individuals that would share their ideas, would share their research, people that would not be, um, I, I actually, I would say more open-minded. Um, that's what we were looking for. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, well, I think there are uh, so many groups out there that, as you said before, I think the reason why people 
you know, they don't want to do this is because they don't want to share or what they are afraid of sharing is going to be rejected in some scientific way, whether it be well, scientific way or proving that it is not 100% truth or there is rational behind it, because then they're not going to get that calling of people coming to them, etc. Agreed, agreed. And I don't know that we're ever going to get to the point where we can prove any of this 100%. Um, I mean, even religion is is a, a step of faith. I mean, you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we've got that, that issue here. But what worries me, and, and much like religion and, and many sectors, people take advantage of uh, folks' desire to want to believe and, and causing harm. So that's, that's a big issue with me with some of our groups, too. They have a tendency to uh, make promises they can't keep. Sometimes it's with good intentions. Sometimes it's to feather their own nest, if you will. Right. But I want to move on to your latest endeavors okay. with your latest group here. Uh, t- tell me what it, uh, your latest group, uh, the Truth Seekers. And, uh, we call ourselves are... the Truth Seekers. We're kind of an experimental group, um, and I know you have strong feelings about this too, so do I, um, about the old Skull group that was designed back in uh, England for many, many years, which started out as a scientific type of group of clairvoyance mediums, etc., that were trying to prove that what they were doing and what they were seeing or their impressions, their visions, whatever, doing it more um, validation through scientific endeavors. And that primarily I really liked. And for my PSI group where I had two members, and then we had an individual um, who was a medium from England who happened to be the secretary of the school but quit, because unfortunately, uh, certain circumstances that I know we don't want to get into, um, but it was just that there was a faltering out, and it was not um, becoming so much more of a scientific than more of the entertainment type of side of it. Well, and, j- so, and just so yeah. that just so that I can let uh, the audience know, the school experiments were. Uh, Back into the uh, 70s and 80s, I believe, in mm-hmm. England, and it was a, yeah. a group of folks that did some very in-depth, long-term investigations into contact with the other side. And uh, once again, folks that may have uh, they, they had some great intent, but scientifically, they did not they did not hold the standards of keeping uh, basically keeping the experiments clean, keeping them um, um, sterile. I guess is a better word. And right, and, right. And a lot, they took a lot of criticism for the evidence that they, they claimed they got because it just they, there just were no scientific standards involved. So a lot of heat And there. that's become even more in more of the modern time. So um, their secretary who quit happened to be – wound up being a friend of some of my members of my PSI. And through her, we decided, why don't we start something very similar? We had a clairvoyant. We have an intuitive. And then we have her – paranormal investigators and myself who would try to look at these things in a more experimental scientific way. And that's kind of what the truth seekers started as. We started this now, oh, I would say almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. And we started with three to four people. We're up to about five now. It is a closed group because we want it more close-knit where we get to really know each other very well share, um, you know, again, my, my belief is there, there's a lot of uh, psyche involved. 
you know, the human consciousness and so forth. So it's not like you can just bring in a stranger and then all of a sudden things are going to happen. It takes a long time to develop. And I think that's what we've been starting to do. We've been having all different forms of experiments um, when it comes to, you know, and I, and I do have a lot of questions about this. Um, some of my individuals at times are thinking that I'm a little bit too skeptical but I would rather try to keep us on the ground, so to speak, than think everything that's happening is an anomaly. Okay. Whether, well, the, you know. well, let me, let me ask mm -hmm. this question. Uh, and I, wanted, I want to talk to you about you. you. You've talked a lot about the experiments you're doing. And I, I'd like if you could share a little bit of how, how some of these experiments work. But most importantly, what sort of safeguards do you put up to keep your, uh, your experiments sterile? What, what, Area, well, for instance, the um, let, let me give you one experiment, one, one example. There is, of course, the old, and I know people freak out when they hear, you know, Ouija boards and everything like that, which actually was a game by Hasbro when it first started. But mm -hmm. the original, uh, and I may be pronouncing this, I apologize, in French, the French planchette um, was actually an, a form of automatic writing. Mm -hmm. There was no board. It was paper. Mm -hmm. And basically, it was individuals placing their fingers on the paper and then, you know, supposedly clairvoyantly trying to reach the other side. The spirits would come through and they would control the individuals and it would draw something, a message, or whatever the case may be. That was the original spirit board. Now, we have tried that several times. We didn't get much in a drawing sense. And I would, for instance, not be a part of it at times, and I would have my camera, I would have a geophone, an EMF, all these different type of technical things uh, away from the group. Um, I would, you know, first test everything out, stomping on the floors, making sure there was air conditioning, wasn't affecting the EMF, no electrical charges, nothing at all, before we would do the experiment. And then mm -hmm. we would go through and do this, and um, there would be some physical sensations with some of the members, including myself, in which uh, we would get very chills, uh, goose pimples, hair, hair standing on end, mm -hmm. as if there was a wave going through us. The pochette would move. And again, here's my skepticism. You know, are we moving that subconsciously, not knowing it, or is something going through us moving it. But here or there saying that, when we had these chills, what happens, again, and I'm filming this, um, the, the uh, geophone registers, which I go over afterwards and I tap the table to make sure and so forth, mm -hmm. and the floor, you know, the floor around it, nothing happens. Yet when we did this, the geophone would go off, meaning it lights up, meaning that somebody was actually tapping on that machine, making mm -hmm. it go off or the EMF were flashing. And my feeling is that there's more than one thing that's happening at the same time. We had a physical response. At the same time, the EMF is going off, which means there's some form of static electricity, energy in the air that was not there earlier. Mm -hmm. And then there is actual physical contact of a machine that is close to eight feet away from us. So that's where, okay. you know, it's a little bit more scientifically measured. 
when you have more than two or three. Now, again, what caused all this? I don't know. Okay, well, and I think that goes into what I said earlier. We've got Mm -hmm. to do something to to create. If we're going to use instrumentation, we've got to improve upon it. Um, Right. Have you you considered or do you um, uh, use an independent witness in any of your experiments? Somebody that is not connected to your group that is just uh, independent? Uh, that is what we're trying to get into, possibly bringing uh, another individual. I mean, it's taken us a long time to develop this far. We brought mm-hmm. another individual in, but I would rather them, as you said before, being somebody that is not so-called um, any form of the spiritual realm, clairvoyant, intuitive. I'm trying to somebody that's totally, you know. Separate from the field. Right, right. Interested okay. in the field, but definitely not involved to the point of, claiming to have any special talents or anything like that, which is our next step once we start getting the experimentation. Um, I mean, I've done another thing in which we've had the spirit board, and the way I've done that to be a little bit more scientific because I've seen it before where, you know, people are moving the pochette and so forth around, and I I don't believe in that. Hey, Kev, i got to put the okay. brakes on you for a second. We're getting close <laughs> to our last break. Folks, uh, we're getting ready for our last break here. Stay with us. I'll be back with Kevin Cost of PSI Investigations right after this. They're here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. And welcome back for round four of tonight's episode of Paranormal Stakeout with my guest, Kevin Costa. You can uh, check out Kevin at his website, uh, http. Uh, 
hyphen uh, forward slash forward slash psiinvestigators.org or www.psiinvestigators.org. Um, and I'd also like to invite everybody to take a look at uh, my uh, website or contact me at www.paranormalfbi.com or www.paranormalstakeout.com here on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Also, if you get a chance, folks, I really would recommend you take some time to see some of the other terrific programming on the network. Just go to www.xzbn.net for all the programming here on the Exxon Broadcast Nation. Uh, Kevin, our last uh, last segment, last few minutes together here, um, want to want to talk a little bit more about experiments and evidence. You were at the Rhine Institute, correct? I was at the Rhine Institute for one uh, summer I was invited. Um, the Again, it was not anything of ghost hunting or, or spiritual or going to the other side. It was more actually of remote viewing. They were mm-hmm. doing experiments with the uh, Gasfield uh, theory of putting, okay. uh, you probably have heard of it before, where you put like half a golf ball over the eyes, scratch it. It's total... Uh, deprivation of any type of sensory interaction. Mm-hmm. And then doing remote viewing, we tried to do uh, telepathy, things of that nature, using that. And okay. it, it was an experience that was very interesting. Um, again, it was very cold, very dehumanizing, so to speak, I believe. Um, but, I mean, at least it showed me some of the way that they do some of these experimentations. And, and that's kind of where I'm getting to. Well, when mm-hmm. they conducted those experiments, um, have you used any of those techniques, any of their methods of experimentation in your work here? Because I, At this the right point in time, I really haven't. Um, I would like to. That's more of the type of things I would like to do. I mean, I, you and I both, and I know that most people have looked into more of uh, – you know, with the EVPs and with the uh, Estes Project, all right, from mm-hmm. Stanley and so forth, right? with uh, Randolph and those individuals, you know. To me, that's getting a little bit more scientific because you're taking out a lot of the possibilities of contamination of evidence and things of that nature. And that's what I'm looking for more. As you said before, I think it's going to be slow moving, but I think we're all getting a little bit more. Those people that are actually looking into the field as a more of, of a – professional sense, I think they are going more scientific. They are looking at, okay, let's take away some of the possibilities of all these types of contamination, like the Estes things, in which before it was just, what, listening, and then with a a spirit box, which was like a FM, AM radio that would go through frequencies, which could be contamination of any type of voices or anything. Mm -hmm. So, of course you know, your uh, audio matricing, when you hear it and you're asking a question, all of a sudden, whatever you hear, you're automatically going to think it's coming through. Or at least with the Estes project, more scientifically involved. Um, and again, I don't know if other, the uh, audience out there have heard of it before, but very quickly, it basically is somebody asking a question, but they're totally, the individual that's listening to it is totally sensory uh, deprived from anything that's going around. They have mm-hmm. a blindfold. Uh, they have their earphones where they can't hear anything. And therefore, whatever's coming out, they just shout out. And if the, que- if the answers that shout out, even if they are picking up frequencies from radio stations, 
if the words coming out answer the questions that are asked, then that definitely is beyond chance. And so that, that's kind of more of the experimentation I'm looking for. Um, I'm hoping that others will come up with more ideas that we can use. And that's what I think we need to share, more things like that. Well, and I think we need to share um, share the thought and the ideas of making mm-hmm. it a little bit a little bit more structured and stringent. Right. And when we and when we do these experiments now, um, where do you see us going? Where do you where do you see the profession going over the next fifteen twenty years? How do you see us improving? Well, in another twenty years, I will probably one of those individuals on the other side that can come back and haunt you. But besides <laughs> that. Um, you know, maybe I'll be like Houdini and come up with a secret code that you can try to find out, you know, is, is there really life after death? But well, where we're in, in all reality, where are we going? That's a very good question. I would love to see, like I said earlier, a marriage between more the science field that has been very cold and humanizing. I would like to see that a little bit more into the psychology of like Jungian psychology, transpersonal psychology, a little bit more understanding that there is a little bit more out there in the world. And I think the scientific field due to the new forms of physics, I think they are slowly reaching to that. So I think down the line in 15, 20 years from now, hopefully sooner, please, because I'd like to be around when that happens, um, I would really love to see, again, a more of a joining of this, a more of kind of uh, an acceptance of moving up of the paranormal field to become a little bit more professionalism and a little bit more of the scientific field due to these new physics uh, to kind of come down a little bit off of their so-called standards in which everything is so cold and 100% accurate all the time. You're talking about the human mind. You're talking about consciousness. It can't be 100% accurate. You know, it just doesn't happen. You're talking about humans not cold inanimate objects, you know. Well, so. and, you know, and, and I've got to agree with you, too, uh, mm-hmm. at, at that point. Now, one thing, law enforcement, something I'm very familiar with, have spent my, my entire adult life in the field. But in the early days, we were not considered a profession. We were considered, law, cops were considered to be almost knuckle-dragging uh, um, Neanderthals back in the day. I mean, even even agencies wanted people to be large, framed, and everything. How did mm-hmm. that change? How did we become a profession? It became through training and structure and standards. And that's the one thing on on at least I've talked about in this show ad nauseum is until we reach a point where we have that structure and we have the standards and training, regardless of what people believe emotionally, we've got to have. We've got to have the evidence, and we've got to have it collected and examined in a way that is similar. There's got to be structure, and that's how law enforcement began to be looked at a profession as a profession because of the training and the structure. That's where this field has got to go, and I think we unfortunately have got a long way before we get there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're right, and I think, as you said before, education is number one, and unfortunately in our so-called colleges and universities, they've kind of thrown the field out the window, so to speak. Um, We haven't haven't helped ourselves, though. We haven't helped ourselves. That's true. That's true, too. In fact, that was one of my possibilities I was looking into 
was when I do retire is trying to teach some form of parapsychology or something like that in actually a college that I could get started. Because I, at one time, I did teach courses at a uh, a junior college when they had junior colleges down here in South Florida at a right. community college. So I was thinking of maybe when I retire, I could go back into that and see about, you know, possibly teaching some form of a parapsychology, transpersonal psychology course where we could go more into this, you know, expressing uh, be- because of all of the ghost hunters and the reality shows right now, definitely everybody knows about, you know, the parapsychology field. I mean, just turn on any channel, travel channel, uh, mm-hmm. destination or whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's so many channels of all these things. So there definitely is the, uh, you know, the evidence out there that people want to know more. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're not being educated. They're just seeing all these things without really knowing what's behind it, uh, you know, in, in, in the direction that you and I see that we need to go into. Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to see the colleges basically accepting more of this, but more on a professional level, I guess. Well, but before we before we get to that level, I think that we mm-hmm. really need to work as a, as a field to start mm-hmm. um, um, conducting ourselves in a more professional manner. And that's probably a bad way to put it. What I'm saying is there's got to be those standards. There's got to be um, a structure with which everybody can adhere to. And I think that's going to be the key to us reaching that point. I mean, you're a, you're a teacher. I assume you mm-hmm. went to got your undergraduate degree in, in teaching in education. Right, right. Okay, uh, and then you got your upper level degrees in the parapsychology, but you still had, you still went to the to the your undergraduate degree and got a, a structured training and education in teaching. That's what we need in this field. But that's that's my rant for the tonight <laughs> on that. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that is definitely where we need to go uh, in. The but future. I mean, there's so many institutes out there, Larry, right now, metaphysical churches, all these different type of things that teach these type of courses for God knows how much money. How and, much money, and how much training do they actually have? And that's just it. it. And really, what are they looking at? Is it, you know, I mean, is it one one particular just view of this from a spiritual side or from a religious side? Or is it a combination of everything to let the individuals investigate on their own in whatever whatever direction they want, but still, as you said, have some form of standards that everyone will adhere to? No matter what your beliefs are, no matter what direction you want to go into, spiritual, scientific, whatever, that at least there are some standards, some, some form of guidelines uh, exactly. that they have to reach. And I agree 100%. But again, like you said before, how do we do that? How did the yeah. MUFON organization get started? I think that would be a good way to maybe compare and look at that. Could, look at the history of that organization. How did it start? How did they develop in such a way that they have now? And that's you know, a good that, and that's a good point. And you know that until we until we realize that and start heading toward, towards that direction as a profession, we're going to be stuck. But Kevin, our time is up tonight. Okay, I appreciate no I, I appreciate you being with us uh, on Paranormal Stakeout, and folks, thanks for uh, being with us tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you again on the next show. Have a good night. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, just like sugar is what you're looking for. 
Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. <laughs> 